Mic check one two one two. What's going on, bro? Oh man, oh man. I'm so happy to have a very special guest on my podcast today. Like, this is my brother. This is my gym partner. This is my this is someone I speak to on a very deep level. He has the number one record in the country right now. Mm-hmm. Feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My bro, like, pose in the building. Yeah, it's good to be oh, here, bro. Man. No, no, it's bro, good to be here. Bro, bro, bro. Right. It's what it is, man. Bro, it's I'm good so, to be here finally. Bro, thank you so much, man. It's, it's actually long overdue because in, on a normal day, when you and I speak here, yeah, mm. it just goes so deep and into so many realms that even the type of conversations we have are just so versatile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, all the time, actually. Yeah. I know it doesn't happen with me and everyone. But so so I, I take note of this one. And bro, speaking of gym, we need to go to the gym. Yeah, we so. do, we do. We've been right. slacking. We've been slacking. I mean he's doing better than me. <laughs> yeah, man's been slacking. I'm not I'm not gaining weight, but I'm not losing weight. Mm. I'm, I'm, I build anyway, that doesn't matter. So <laughs> yeah, bro, like off camera yeah, we're talking about it a lot. Yeah. A lot. Already. And, yeah, a lot. And um I just want to segue back into a few things we were speaking about because um one of my bros here, his name is David, mm. he's also an artist and he was just asking you a few questions, right? And you were giving some like solid advice yeah. that I think needs yeah. to be shared on here as well, you know. So uh, the first one I want to really speak on is um we're gonna speak on a lot of things, but let's let's start with the the attitude of entitlement because for you as a rapper in Nigeria, I mean you know you're dope, you understand? You know you're a very good rapper, but for you to be where you are right now, you've had to go through different like sequences different journeys yes you get definitely to make you who you are today mm-hmm. but at every point that you thought that ah, shouldn't it be now that's some form of entitlement mm-hmm. right so how did you like condition your mind basically let's start there that's a really good question man and it's, it's interesting that you took it from the angle of entitlement Typically, when you think of entitlement, we always think of uh, about another person feeling entitled to something that you may have or something like that. But to now make it introspective like that, that's deep. Um, for me, I think the one thing that really conditioned my whole thinking was I'm, I did not realize the reservoirs of perseverance that I had. Mm. You know, and like, and like, I felt like one of the things that always slowed me down was taking the time to understand what my artistry was and once you once you embark on that kind of i can only call it like self-discovery because that is a version of self-discovery just in a musical sense it's to understand where you come from what you want to do what you want to say you now start to realize that nobody owes you anything Hmm. nobody owes you a listen nobody owes you anything you have to be your most genuine self because there's no other way to guarantee anybody's going to listen. There's no gimmick that I know for sure is going to work. I don't know. Yeah. All I can guarantee is I'll be me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've been lucky enough that that is now over time. And I, when I say over time, I stress that because there's no such thing as overnight success. Anybody who you thought just came like that, there's many nights that went into that thing. So I feel like the actual self-discovery part takes away some level of entitlement mm. you come in thinking i am dope you should care yeah it's not enough <laughs> the talent alone is just a little bit the work the work ethic is twice as important or three times as important okay so let's 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 talk about the talent aspect first mm. what made you decide to rap and how did you even identify yourself as a rapper hmm. my 
my rap ability was something that I discovered by accident. Mm. You know, it was not something that I thought I had at all. I remember like my brother, my cousins, they'd be listening to music. All of us would be listening to music. I will now say, okay, let's write raps. Mm. I didn't have that ability. They would come up with actual lines. Me, I went to go and listen to like other people's jams and just take one and two and add it and join and make it verse. Mm. You know, two it pretty much. <laughs> That's how it started. Yeah. I started just grabbing from here, grabbing from this guy, grabbing from this guy, and then we'll all wrap it together. And they'd be like, this guy, this is from so so and so now. Like Anso, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like over time, um, I met some guys when I went to school. I went to school in Yankee for yeah. uni, and um, yeah, yeah, I was in North Carolina, and then um, some guys that I met, very key guys in my in my life and my career, they were into music already. Mm. And one one of them, his name is Jeff. He brought a beat over that he worked on with another guy called Kurt, who ended up being my first producer. And I just for some reasons like leave the beat with me. Can you leave it? Yeah. And he left, and I wrote something to it. And I don't know what that trigger was, what that desire was. I can't explain it. But since then, the relationship with, with the music has always been there. And it, I expressed myself that day through rap. And that has just been, I've gotten better and better and better at how I want to do it. And not just better, it's more about more confident in my own style. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 It's taken time, but we're here now. Hmm. Bro, yeah. that's very deep. Yeah. So, okay. Let's talk about obviously you're a rapper, but you're a rapper in Nigeria, mm. which is a whole different paradigm of operation. Yes, you know, and, and the thing is, is in the music business because we understand what we need to do to get the accolades we want. And when I say accolades, I mean the shows, the endorsements, mm. the cosigns from other artists, mm. all these things that formulate you to be an industry type artist. Mm. How did you get to where you are from just rapping as a talent? That's it. That's one of the most important questions to ask. I really feel like any artist that is coming up, any rap-based artist that's coming up behind me yeah. needs to first discover and accept who they are. Mm. I call it the identity crisis. And I think mainly rappers in Nigeria go through it. I'm sure other artists do as well. But the identity crisis is, what exactly is my artistry? How can I present it to the world? I know that I like to rap, but they're telling me it doesn't make sense here. It's not valid. It's not sweet. It doesn't sell. Then who am I? Should I sing? But when I sing, is that wrong? Because they say that I'm no longer... It's a whole thing mm. of overthinking. Mm. You have to come and arrive at a point and accept that yeah. and build around that. Mm. That's what took me the longest to drop my first project. I needed to know what my artistry was. I needed to know what I wanted to say. I think that conquering the identity crisis is a very powerful thing because once you get through that, you can't be shaken. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't be shaken. You know exactly what your music is. I think so. So now, I identify myself as a, I identify myself as a rap artist. Mm. The artist part takes care of the fact that a rap song is more than just a hot verse. Yeah. The fact that there's a hook, there's a bridge, there's a melody, and I'm in Nigeria, so the melody got this. For sweet. sure. For sure. Do you know what I mean? For sure. So packaging your music in a certain way over time it comes to you and your fan base will tell you when you get it right mm. okay so bro you mentioned like identity crisis right so what for me personally right in order to kind of like not forget who you are especially in your own personal journey right you kind of have to surround yourself with your tribe i've actually done an episode Oof. called finding your tribe right mm. and for me personally the first time 
I ever heard of Ladipo was on the Show Them Camp record. Mm. Feel alright. So, yeah. so because I know there's a general rapport with like, see me, I feel like I'm not part of this. Well, <laughs> exactly. the man them, you understand? Yeah, yeah. Tech, Ghost, Budge. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that happen? First of all, how do you meet Tech? <laughs> um, <laughs> Tech loves this story. He really loves this story. Uh, so, um, Tech from Show Them Camp. Out of the, all the members of Shodan Camp, he was the first one I met. I'll tell you, there's another member of the larger gang that I didn't realize I knew. But anyways, Tech, I oh, met oh, him. Oh. No, um, Femi. His name is... Well, what's, what's, what's Femi's nickname again? Coffee Loke. There's another name that we call Femi. Larry Dojos. Okay, 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 okay. Larry Dojos. <laughs> yeah. You know, so Larry, that's my cousin. I just didn't realize that he was part of the crew as well, in that sense. But... You know, my mom was in taking a business school course. She's always doing that. She's always educating herself in some way. Wow. She met um, who turned out to be Wale's mom, and they were both probably in my own eyes or mind lamenting on their both their sons that are into music. You know, and um, they they thought to themselves, well, we should connect them. Yeah. You know, I guess they were learning about networking in school, so they did, and I was very hesitant i'm just like man it's going to be one of these guys i can't really rap because at that point i was just coming from yankee i was thinking that you know what i'm hearing some guys and they're dope but me i'm sure i'm not as dope as them blah 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 so i pulled up we decided to meet at the chicken republic talk to the guy on the phone chicken republic and gra so he pulls up i pull up right and i meet tech that's the first time i meet him and i play him some stuff i'd done in school from a project called Hip Hop Anonymous, I'm a trademark that. Hip Hop Anonymous, and, <laughs> and and I play him that, and then he plays me a song called Dreamer, um, that they did with Mi. They're about to drop that, I think, yeah. at the time. And so, I was just like, the level at which these guys are doing it is crazy. And he was the first person that was a stranger out of my circle that was telling me, "Yo, this stuff that you're doing is dope." Yeah. I never got that validation from somebody who didn't owe me that before. Mm. And he was like, yo, come to the studio. That's where I met Ghost. That's where I met Icon. Yeah, Tech. The true pass king. Bro. So, bro. So I, I pull up, see, and then I meet Larry as well, who turns out to be Femi, my cousin. And um, as soon as he sees me, he's like, aren't you auntie so-so-and-so son? I'm like, yes. He's like, I'm so-so-and-so son. I'm like, whoa. And then we just find out that our cousins tech obviously takes that moment in great pride thinking that put his cousins <laughs> back together. So that's how I met SDC and from there the relationship grew and they put me on a track called Feel Alright. They had already put me on some others, but Feel Alright was one of the most notable ones because we introduced a new genre, mm. a new sound. Yeah, yeah. That whole palm wine yeah. Shout out Jules. Yeah, shout yeah. out Jules, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout out Jules, man. So bro, that's that's actually quite incredible because honestly speaking, yeah, just from then to now, your journey has been so Bro, I can't even begin to explain. Been insane. You know? And 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 for me, what what I've noticed is this: you've kind of found your niche mm. in terms of just understanding that okay, if I can get a dope hook, you're gonna listen to these bars. Do you understand what I'm saying? So how 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 do you find your formula mm. basically? Mm. It's funny you said this this niche thing, and this is me skipping ahead in the story. But um, the mantra I have now, and I coined that with um, our CEO at Maven. His name is Tega. It's niche artistry, mainstream success. We are, we are of the belief, firm belief that your artistry, no matter how niche, should not prevent you 
from gaining any kind of mainstream success. People feel me, they, they you hear the semantics mainstream and think it means going pop or it means yeah. doing this. Whatever allows your music to diffuse beyond your core fan base and gain you more fans, to me is mainstream. Because what, why should that, especially here where they tell you that only select music is popular, only select mm. music can earn you an endorsement, only select music can give you a livelihood. I reject that idea 100% yeah. because to me I feel like as as an artist my own is to create and there's pe- there's over 200 million people in this country you can't yeah. tell me that I can't create a fan base here Bro. that's crazy sorry, sorry to even cause you shots yeah. there's something that happened to me when I was pushing on Soul's music mm. and I'll just tell this brief story so you know pushing tonight in Nigeria was one of the hardest things I had to do mm. because Everybody I would play the record for would tell me, oh, this one went that club now. This one, why they why they push this kind of hotel music? That's what I was hearing. But bro, the turning point for me, yeah, I was parked at Sound City. I just submitted the tonight video. And I was just like chilling, right? Because I was waiting for Moe. Shout out Moe, she's actually a family member of mine. Big G, I love her. Yeah, she's amazing. Man is just chilling in the car, yeah, waiting for Mo. And bro, there's a guy with a wheelbarrow like going across like mm-hmm. just and I'm just like my windows are down I'm just chilling and I literally hear him sing motherfuckers never loved us remember like he's humming the melody on a wheelbarrow this is a street guy no shirts the guy is wearing brown trousers brown shorts so at that moment when I saw that I was like hold on the problem is not that the music wouldn't click it's that the music is not even available to be an option thank you so I was like ah okay this is what I needed to see to know that I'm not crazy and bro, I mean, the success we had with Nonsoul was just... <laughs> I mean, that speaks for itself. It speaks for itself, you know. You cannot... Just because you're dope, just because you're talented, doesn't mean you shouldn't market aggressively. Exactly. Doesn't mean you shouldn't look for different ways mm. to amplify your music. Different ways that are traditional, different ways that are disruptive, different ways that work in the space. Mm. Because, to me, I'm not here to be a local champion. I want to go beyond the shores of my exactly. country. But I must be known here. Exactly, exactly. I must be market relevant here. It has to. You because know. at the end of the day, what Nigeria is, it's it's traffic central. Mm-hmm. And another thing I've learned is you have to know what things are good for. Yes. For example, Nigeria might not support you financially, mm-hmm. but it will give you that clout, that noise, if you do well here, to push your agenda globally. Because you need that. Yeah, of you, course. You need that. You need that home base. You need that place where they love you. When you step into the city, they know your home. Exactly. And I think that a lot of times that you're because you believe so strongly in your talent and that's your main belief system you forget the importance of other aspects the leader of the revival monica came from that idea that my music is valid i need to remind myself my music is valid and i'm reviving that ideology and anybody else who believes that is valid come under this umbrella i know what's so amazing you can see that because man's got the number one record you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying fam so bro i want want to talk more about your journey because Mm. i mean just if you guys didn't know, Ladi actually had a 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. So I want you to tell your story from that 9 to 5 transition to, you know what, I'm going to do this thing. And I want you to literally say it to the point where you linked up with Don Jazzy mm-hmm. to have that discussion. Because I also know, so we've spoken about 9 to 5. I also know that when you were having that discussion, because you, you told me, you were like, man, this Maven move, a lot of people don't think it's going to bang. But I genuinely feel, because I remember having that discussion. Yep. So bro, let's start from yep. 9 to 5. I've been oiling <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Blockmaster. Oh, right my God, we pour it. You know? <laughs> so, so yeah, that is, it's, it's interesting to me to see how many people are surprised when I say, yeah, I had a job. What? I can't imagine. Why is that surprising? I'm Nigerian. I live in Nigeria. 
there's no Nigerian who doesn't understand the ability, the idea of working and working multiple types of jobs you didn't, that you didn't even go to school for. Yeah. So, you know, I came home and I needed a livelihood. My parents are not going to be able to support me forever. You know, they've given me an education. Boy, now do your thing, pretty much. So I got a job. Um, when I was in school, I had dreams of being a doctor. Not necessarily because I loved it, but just because I was good at biology, I was great in chemistry. You know what I'm saying? So when I came Was it something that was also like subconsciously programmed into your psyche just based on expectations? Expectations in the sense that you need to do well and find a career path that we all, that is respectable. respectable. However, it wasn't like you have to be a doctor. You know what I'm saying? Somebody asked me, I was, I was speaking to a PR, a PR person we're getting in the UK, and she said, oh, so when you were in school, did you finish? I was like, look, I'm Nigerian, I, f I finished. <laughs> My parents didn't accept anything less. But I came home, and I got a job. I worked in a hospital as uh, in the quality assurance department. I remember really hating it. I liked the hospital, I liked the people, except for my supervisor, I didn't like her. Um, but I would like say, I can't come in on Wednesday. And the reason why is because I had a radio interview that I wanted to go for, I wanted to see if I can get on that radio show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I had that, I, ha I worked um, for my, comp my uncle's company as, in a, as a business development officer, I did that for a little while. Then I got the job in the hospital. Mm. Then I left there because it wasn't working with my music aspirations about growing daily. Mm. I was going to the studio, at night, coming home at 6 a.m., getting ready to go to work. It was becoming where my mind was at. You know what I mean? I started to make more and more music and I started to release bits. Koye one dropped, one or two things dropped. All the while I had a job. People would see me in traffic saying, ah, it's not, and they'll tweet. I think I saw Ladipo in traffic. Yeah, you did. Because you when I, where did that, how far we Lagos on a Monday? Traffic is as bad as the news on the front page come from. I didn't dream it, I lived it. You know, we all live it. You know, so to me, the job was necessary to fund my ambition. My parents were not, they didn't, sorry, they didn't believe in me. They didn't believe this is what I should be doing. So how can you drop money for something that I don't really think my child should be doing? Yeah. But shout out to my dad, I'll, I'll, I'll speak about that later. So eventually, as I'm doing all of these things, you know, I dropped a song called Adoha. Shout out to STC, because that track was originally theirs, and they're like, yo, Pope. Ghost is like, this is not my kind of vibe. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shout so I took Ghost. it on. And because I was developing a rap style that I believed in, mm. that I had some melody but punch. Mm. I still had the lyricism, had this balance I was trying to work on. And I applied it in Adoha, and that really worked. Two songs, I'd say, caught Jazzy's eye. I was on a radio show, I think it was 93.7, and I played Koye Wong. And the way I spoke about my music afterwards, he heard it. Mm. And he was like, who is this guy? was curious then I dropped Adoha and then I had Deja in the video Deja is a Maven artist yeah. Deja was also shout a friend of mine shout out to Deja mm -hmm. big shout out to Deja she had she also had me in her other video one of her, her it's called Awe I was the the video fox in that, in that one and then I pulled Deja back to do Adoha so there was that link Yeah. so Jazzy is like who's, who's this guy yeah. you know what I mean start asking questions people ask me how did you get onto Maven I'm like Jazzy came Looking, he was looking for a rapper. Mm. He didn't realize he was looking for the rapper, mm. and he said it in an article. I was looking for a rapper that other rappers respected, yeah. you know. And I, the respect was growing from my artistry, but people were not seeing my face. Mm. They had heard me on "Marry Me," but they didn't know who I was. Yeah. Maven was saying pretty much, we can bridge that gap, we can amplify. But it's interesting, one of the main reasons I decided I wanted to join Maven because they weren't the only label knocking. It was the fact that 
everyone sees them as the biggest label in Nigeria and in Africa. Africa, yeah. They see themselves as entrepreneurs, mm. as a startup, hustlers. They see themselves on the global stage and they know that they are not there yet. I saw myself as an artist who had reservoirs and of talent and potential, but I could no longer fund the scale-up that I needed. I put my own money into Adora. That cost me a million plus. I saved up to shoot that video. I wrote the video, found my good friend Tech who shot the video, but I had to pay for that. You know what I'm saying? It cost me to slow down other aspects of my private life because I believed that I put all my money into that, but I couldn't keep doing that, right? And so Maven gave me an opportunity to amplify what I knew I had. Mm. And we were at it both the label and me were on a path where we wanted to do more for ourselves. Yeah. So we connected on that same hustler, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial standpoint. Because yeah. I went to school and I got myself an MBA. You damn right. Oh my you know god! So this is an educated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Rapper. So I did that. I really did that because I. Nito, I didn't. It's not only you. Nito, by the way, I'm I'm gonna call you. Shout out to Nito. I love Nito. I'm gonna tell the story. Shout out to Nito. Shout out to Nito. But Nito is not the only one. He's not the only one. He's not the only one. You know, so to me, all those things eventually came in handy. You know, joining Maven in my mind gave me the. I felt like it allowed me to tap into more resources. It allowed me to. I before I joined, I said I insisted I need to play jazzy my music. Jazzy needs to know who he's signing and what he's getting himself into. I played him Voices, which ended up being a talk about Paul, which came out later on, and one or two other songs. You know, so like that move, Maven and I and Ladipo met each other at an interesting point. They needed to go global. They needed acts that they felt to diversify them. Ladipo needed a, a, a platform, and we could see eye to eye on that. And shout out to Tega, he's a big part as well because his vision is very big. I need... But what we do is not for the shores of this country alone. We are from Nigeria and we're meant to take this culture beyond. And we need to intentionally do that. It's not just by luck. Yeah. A lot of my fan base didn't understand the move though. They were shaken. Mm. They're like, Maven is known for this. They make rappers turn singers. They do this, they do that. Jazzy listened. He had another single picked. And I said, mm-hmm got to rejig it we now drop man already instead mm. you know because he was listening because he's like ah they have said that i'm going to destroy this guy <laughs> that's why when feeling hit number one he put a voice note on twitter people should go listen to that and he was saying how i remember when people told me that this will not work yeah, that when laddie po joins that will destroy his good he feels just as validated as me because a lot of people told me as a rap artist you can't be seen you can't be relevant you can't make money and daily with every single verse i am proving them wrong you know what i'm saying that's that's a that's a snippet of the story because to do this thing that we do it takes perseverance and sacrifice sacrifice bro the risk the financial risk and you can you know i'll tell you one thing that's very interesting about music that a lot of people don't know the time where you might have your biggest thing happen to you might be the time where you are lowest financially that is in fact not just financially mentally, mentally spiritually everything, everything. And, and personally you know what i've learned bro <laughs> the spiritual aspect of the music industry is not a joke you literally have to rely on god for most of the things because there's so much that's outside your control you need the fortitude you do 
You do, you do. And, and bro, you said something earlier about putting your money behind yourself. Bro, mm. a lot of people don't even understand the concept of doing that because they focus on what they are losing, not what they are gaining. Mm. So another thing is the perception of what you have about yourself. Yes. Because bro, if you don't genuinely believe in yourself, you wouldn't put money behind yourself. Thank you. That's it. You sacrifice. I mean, I'm big shout out to my parents because I, you know, they, they gave me the love that was needed to feel like you know what we don't really this path this hobby is not really the one who but we sunk a lot into you so we believe in you and my first one of my first two things that my dad did very big i had this song called basila he paid i needed and i wanted a band to play the music in the studio he paid for that band and then my first video well not my first video one of my videos called koyon he gave me the money for that those two things let me know that while i don't fully see that this is the path for you here's this yeah but it gave me the impetus to say i will run this thing myself yeah. i will come back to my parents and they'll see the value now my dad is doing the know you challenge <laughs> now my dad is hitting me up to say ah, i listen to you on feeding they really like your song do you know what i'm saying and just changing their perspective of what they know is possible my brother told me the other day that i'm proud of you because you validated something that People they thought you couldn't bring yeah. um, integrity to. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Because, bro, let, let, let's be honest. Just from a rap standpoint, nobody's really doing it like you in terms of the music speaking for itself. You don't need to do too much because you just spoke about the new challenge. I, I was going to talk about that later in terms of like how that happened, mm. your relationship with Simi and all of that. But, bro, when I was seeing that happening, I was like, Lady is actually mainstream now. <laughs> Do you understand? She's in there. Man is in there. I'm Confidently. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy, bro. And shortly after, when we were shooting the key video, mm. right, when you pulled up, because mm-hmm. that's the first time I'd seen you mm. after the song. Yes, yeah, sure. Bro, I was so happy to see you. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is my guy, bro. Yeah. You look different. Man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the aura is different. Oh my god. And I think that's one of the key things in our in our genuine in our success. If you look back and look at the DNA of it. Guys, your uh, my guys are part of it. Icon mixed feeling, yeah. Number one, icon mixed know you. Shout out, icon. Big shout out to icon. Tech linked me up with Buju for know you. You know what I'm saying? Like, are we are in each other's story still? Somebody hit me up the other day and talked to me. What was it at the show I was performing at? And he was like, Yo, are you still cool with Show Them Cam? And I was like, Yeah, of course. He was like, Yeah, because most people when they when they move up or when they not, I would say he misunderstood it and felt because I gone, I was working with STC and now I'm Maven. He saw it as a switch of camps. He's like, so um, how how's your relationship with them? I'm like, bro, they knew about the deal before it happened. The, yeah. the encouragement came from them. Like, that's what brothers do. I joined. I keep telling people, I joined the music game through brotherhood, and that is rare. Yeah. Most people make you sign a contract for that. Yeah. That's you know facts. Yeah. That's facts. People don't. And the problem with because when when people approach this thing from a contract standpoint, it makes me think. Because bro, when I managed on so probably one of my biggest mistakes ever, I didn't give him a contract. Mm. I was like, "Yo, we're gonna do this thing together mm-hmm. as brothers." Do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And for me, just understanding that that thing of how life is intertwined into the work we do. Because yes. if you work in McDonald's for a second, bro, let's just imagine someone works in McDonald's. When you clock into work, you literally can fix smile with your workouts all day, all night, and then when you're out, you're out. Mm-hmm. The genuine friendships you make in that workplace are friendships you make for life. Boom. In this industry, mm-hmm. you don't clock out. 
Thank you. So, so you mediate constantly with your co-workers. Do you understand? The problem with that is you start questioning things because of the setting in which the you know mm-hmm. industry relationship mm-hmm. was formed around. Mm-hmm. Because everybody wants the same thing, mm-hmm. mainstream success. Mm-hmm. So how do you navigate the road from the fake? Mm. Guy, that's so powerful. First of all, you don't clock out. <laughs> you know, you don't even sprinkle or you dropped or anointed. You know, like you don't clock out. Yeah. And first and foremost, that has a massive impact on one's private life. Hmm. Massive. You having a partner that believes, and it's not just about them compromising. You also have to compromise with them. But it's Facts. that one is a whole different conversation. You don't clock out. It means the relationships you have within the industry are also important because you need to navigate with people that have a shared vision and also you can genuinely work with. Yeah. And that is, I was telling Donna just earlier, that's hard to find, but when you find it, it makes things much easier. Things yeah. seem easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the relationship you have within your own team. Yeah. I think those kind of things are powerful and those dynamics need to be so one, or two, one or two times shared so people can understand, look, man, without your team, I find it funny when I see people tweet that, yeah, man, I did this thing on my own, you didn't. No, you didn't. Bro, I always say this thing, I stand on the shoulders of giants, bro. So that is why you can't see me. Do you know what I'm saying? You You did not do it by yourself. Nah, nah. And and, and bro, like I said, like, I always have to talk about, because for me, the non-so experience and the Thames experience two different things. Bro, for non-so speed, I was alone. Mm. Let me explain to you what that means. Na me they go TV. Mm. Na me they go radio. Mm. Na me they do email. Na mm. me they do bookings. Mm. Na me they do marketing. Na me they think of ideas for branding. Do you understand? The experience that was Monsu Amani was me sitting down thinking about something. I said, Yo, bro, I think you should do this. Do you understand? Just based off the records he would send me. Mm. Do you understand? And bro, I got depleted so fast. Bro, I had lost so much. Bro, I wasn't myself again. So when we split, because I was in, I was based in London, I had to come back to Nigeria. The first thing, because obviously at this point in time, I wanted to look for another artist, but then the situation didn't work out, you know, mm-hmm. so I was just like, yeah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And then Thames and I became cool. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a different story for a different day. But when I was moving back with the intention of finding a new act, the first thing that came to my mind was, I need a co-manager. Yeah, because you knew. You've been through it. Yeah. The experience was necessary. You can't devalue experience. And you can't devalue the journey. That's why there's no GPS. And in fact, the thing about GPS is you don't know that you don't know where you're going. You're following something, so you're not watching and not learning. So I'm happy of the bumps and bruises. I've always known in my career that it will not be an elevator to be stairs. And each stair is a new level, is a new floor where you're learning something different. Yeah. Elevator, you don't see nada. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to me it's like those the team dynamic is key people that know me well know I've been self-managed for a very long time yeah. used to write my own press releases all those kind of things yeah. send them out to all these guys now I'm where and everything is learning and unlearning how can I I brought on a new team how can I step back how can I allow myself to be managed that's the hard part I'm wearing these sunglasses not for vibe and drip even though it looks drippy <laughs> my eyes are tired yeah. well, well, prom, when the promo run for feeling I've not been to the gym I've not eaten well you know what I'm saying my point is that it's blood, sweat, tears that moves it, but you have to identify people that you're going to ride with who have a similar vision, who will gain. Yeah. They have to gain value too. It's not just that they're working purely for you. They have to gain something as well. And together, you guys are pushing a narrative that is beyond just the shores of... I keep saying the shores of this country. Yeah. No, it's to go, it's to go out yeah. to come back in. Well, well, see, for me, uh, 
we are too spirited a people mm-hmm. for it to just be confined here. Yes. Now the problem is we have yes. a useless government, mm-hmm. and I will say this to my chest anyway. We have such a useless government here that doesn't even see the value of its people. But they'll tweet and say congratulations on your Grammy. Bro, they're. I think they've done everything to facilitate that. Changes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But cut a long story short here. Because of what spirit is, spirit is the essence of creativity. It is what allows you to manifest. Because in order to catch, you must have a net. Mm. Whatever your spirit allows you to use creatively mm-hmm. to attract yeah. is what we need to develop as an industry. Yeah. So, for example, now, essence, right? That's ways and terms. But when I was in LA, yeah, I promise you, terms was a celeb to celebrities. But do you know what I engaged? Love it. Those are two Nigerians on the record. Yes. It, there's no American act on that record. But bro, in America, like, when we were at the Oscars dinner, literally, when we were walking, I could hear, it's that Thames, it's that Thames. Even when we met dancing here, and we shook him, as we were leaving, some guy walks up to him and he's like, yo, is that Thames? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Thames. Like, By the way, I'm Yo, do you understand? Daniel Kaluuya, he walked past Thames, he, he looked, he came back and said, oh my God, I'm such a fan of your music. I'm like, and these are great people. These are people who are breaking ground. Yeah. They recognize talent. They recognize talent. They recognize grace. They recognize anointing. You understand? Thank you. So for me, great words. For me, he was just realizing that, bruh, it's not a mistake that we're here because this is God given. Everybody here has, like, gotten their nets together. Do you understand? To actually. And it's finish. important that you said that because you said it's not a mistake we're here. Yeah. We can't overlook sometimes the importance of. Of owning it and accepting it. Yeah. If you don't accept that, you'll move along with this imposter syndrome. And imposter Oof. syndrome. Think about imposter syndrome is that number one, it's a real thing, it's and so it, it just and it's you get the job done, but it just lag. You're lagging. You're slowing down because you're second guessing. But it's not about arrogance when you own it. It's knowing that I'm meant to be here because I worked to be here because I put in the work and the talent is here and I'm building something for the future. Mm. You know, I I I. You know, I, people say there's a time to be humble. There's a time not to be proud, but to. Can I help you out there? Say this is what I believe. Always be humble, never be modest. Because be humble is downplaying your importance. Mm. Modest is downplaying yourself. I can't afford that. Yeah. You work too hard. They worked way too hard at a pivotal moment to now downplay your own self. No yeah. way. Yeah. No, and yeah. I think it's important to loud it, loud your wins. You have to, because nobody's going to celebrate your wins if you're not celebrating your wins. Because, bro, honestly speaking, you spoke about imposter syndrome. I've literally done a whole podcast with my cousin mm. about this, right? Bro, <sighs> navigating this whole, like, success that we're all receiving, it's tough for me. Yeah. Because the traumas of my failures, mm. it visits me from time mm-hmm. to time. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, damn, man is here right now. But, like, what about if you all goes away? What we do now? If I mess up, what would, what would they say? Do you understand? How would it be, bro? So that's why, like, when you were talking about, you know, having that support system, bro, I'm so happy your parents, actually, even if they didn't understand, they actually backed your P. Do you understand? Because, bro, how many people have that in Nigeria? See, and that that's something that I have to say that everybody's journey is valid. I don't knock anyone. I don't. I can't afford to because everyone has a story of how they got to where they got to. I just feel that your story and your journey shouldn't mean that you are better or worse than anybody or should be treated any different so you see me and you have your own judgment about me 
but you can't take it away from the music you can't take it away from the fact that i sacrifice every day to put my music where it is even on the label even when you have a team when you have a label if you're signed on side it doesn't matter sometimes you need to remind the people that support you not just your value but your impact yeah, yeah. I think when we dropped talk about poor I think that's when the label were like okay wait a minute <laughs> okay and when we did the show we did the show we did a, we did a show and that show was like yeah hmm. the way people are rocking with Ladipo when Ladipo is on stage it's crazy it's I don't think I think that we did a small showcase that you know the team got to see me and the rest of the label but when I did Ladipo live it was like wow yeah and I think that to them was like okay we did the right thing. Yeah. We backed the right person, yeah. and that's when the LOTR was born. And they were like, mm. "Hey, this is this is a marketing strategy. We can get behind this." I feel like it's very important that sometimes friends need reminding. For sure, for sure. Speaking yeah. of friends, I wanted to talk to you about a few of your relationships in the industry mm. in terms of your label mates. Do you understand? Oh yeah. Because like, they are like significantly younger. Like I know Rema is quite. Yeah, yeah, my Rema is quite young. Yeah. yeah um i don't know how old johnny drill is but i know you have a very good rapport with him yeah so like yeah. Johnny and I about just Johnny. just you being like you're probably the og I mean, mm. how is that how is that basically it's easier it's easier because you know people were like that for me you know when i joined maven there was tiwa there was um dr sid uh there was prince 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 also he dropped nuggets he used to drop nuggets all the time big shout out to him big shout out to tiwa tiwa i just watched by example i'm a big fan of tiwa savage she knows it i make sure she knows it you know and, um, shout out to Tiwa. Yo, big shout out to Tiwa. Love her. Um, Dr. Sid too. Dr. Sid used to tell me, I told Jazzy that we have some stars over, but you, I, you are going to do something. Hmm. He used to tell me that shout all the time. Sid, yeah, he used to do that all the time. Yeah. You know, Hadiza was there to, to be a friend to me when I needed it to give me advice. Hmm. You know, um, Corey DeBello always used to encourage, you know, shout out to Ricardo. Ricardo will give me advice on like strong structure sometimes. You have to take in what you take in, leave what you don't need, but appreciate the fact that people are willing to give it, Thanks. right? Now, the, the younger ones are coming through now, and these are people that I'm seeing before you guys see them, hmm. right? And they, like, Ira, Ira liked my music. And she would tell me about it and I just give her the little I can, the little I can say. But more than anything, it's the work starts once you once you launch. Take the time to create as mm. wide and re- tap into yourself to go as deep and as broad as you need to go. Because once it starts, don't stop. It don't stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Rema too is a special case because you know I'm seeing Rema before the world sees him and you know, I tell him I was working on falling at that time, funny enough. And um, I was in the studio, I was playing, and I was listening to something. I wanted to arrange it differently. And I asked him, what do you think? And he said, okay, this, 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 and that. And I looked, looked at him, I'm like, you're going to be a superstar. He's like, I know. He didn't, say, he, didn't, he didn't say I know with arrogance. He said it with the humility and the burden of knowing I have greatness thrust upon me. But I'm ready for it. Yeah. Very much so he knew. And um, I'm very proud, if I can say, of how he's committed to his craft. Yeah. Rema had success instantly with the, when he released his EP. He really could have been in the clubs. Mm. But if he's in the club, it's because he's getting it back. Yeah. He's focused on his dream. Yeah. Ira, the new guys coming out now, they are very focused on who they are. We didn't, they didn't, I don't know if they went through the same identity crisis. Mm. They come out so self-assured. Your own job is just to guide when you can. When they come to you, listen. And that's it. My relationship with them is very strong. And there's more coming. I'm even have they're, they're prepared. Oh wow. Bro, 
Look, I wanted this to be so much longer, but yeah. it's you have an interview. Very yeah, I do. Soon, man. It's all good. It's all love. It's all love forever, my bro. Yeah, nah, bro. Thanks this is this is up, this is a special. Po- I tell Don all the time that man, this podcast, what he's doing, and the unique access he has, and the vantage point, is key because there's so many people who need to know and demystify how it really goes. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's a great life, but you need fortitude, you need perseverance, and you need support. You need a support system around you. Yeah. Like pose in the building. You know that, but you know that. Thank you very much. Peace and love, guys. Always.